afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, Atil. Good afternoon. Happy Halloween. Same to you. Are your kids very excited? Oh, they're super excited. So much candy. It's a little rainy and cold up here, though. Yeah, it's pretty chilly out here, too, but that doesn't deter the spirits of children with the no. promise of free candy. It does sort of damper the uh, the costume thing, though, a little bit. Yeah, that's true, but at least you don't have to costume around an entire uh, snowsuit. That's true. We're trying to fit your, uh, your costume over the snowsuit. That was never fun. Yeah. Mom makes you wear a jacket over your costume. That's not fun. How are people the point of to having a costume then? Right. It's like, oh, look at my pants. You know. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld's got a great a great uh, skit about that, about Halloween and having to wear his jacket. And yeah, I'm Superman. Look at the pants. All right. Uh, we have got a, uh, we're going to be talking about Dakota Access stuff again today. In a moment, going to get an update from Lieutenant Tom Iverson of the North Dakota Highway Patrol. Uh, we'll get uh, an update on that, some of the events over the weekend and, and that situation. Also going to be talking to Lieutenant Governor Drew Wrigley coming up here at one thirty as well. Your phone call, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, or email talk at WDAY.com. Let's go to our guest right now, Lieutenant Tom Iverson from the North Dakota Highway Patrol. Uh, Lieutenant Iverson, welcome to the program. Thanks for your time. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on. What's what's the latest out there? And, and and let me ask you one question because I think I don't know if, if there's a if there's a head count. How many people are still out there at, at the protest site? I mean, I guess that's something I haven't heard an updated count. We've heard I know at one point there were thousands, but I mean, is it up? Is it down? The weather's getting colder. What's what's the status out there? You know what? I I really wish I knew that or had more of an educated guess. I suppose. A lot of them kind of moved to the main camp location, which is the uh, Seven Councils Fire uh, Camp, where many of them are, are, are camping now. But the numbers down there really do not have a good grip on it uh, to even to even speculate, you know, maybe 500, uh, yeah, substantially less than uh, what there was a couple months ago. And why do you feel that? Is that just is just just the weather, or is there any indication about why people leaving? Is it uh, you know? I mean, certainly it, it seems like you know after after the events of last week, it, obviously it seems about as active as it's ever been. But a lot of people going home. You know what? I think it's due to a lot of things uh, that are going on. One being weather. Uh, you know, it gets awfully cold out there at night. And another item that could be that we do get reports of, and we do hear consistently. Um, from those that maybe were from out of the area, came to the camp, kind of see what was going on, um, and through their time there, I realized that um, some of it um, is unlawful and uh, not a good situation to be in. You know, there was a report of of money that was, uh, you know, not necessarily getting to the right people and kind of filtering into the wrong hands. Um, so I think some of the people maybe get upset with that. And by no means do I want to come um, on here and describe uh, the, the entire camp as a whole, as, as one entity, because quite frankly, there are many peaceful, uh, prayerful people down there that, that deserve respect. 701-293-9000, if you want to join the program, 888-970-9329. You know, we saw, obviously, last week was was ugly. Um 
you know, I don't, I don't think anybody was happy that 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 happened, or at least nobody, uh, no right-thinking person, I think, was happy about what happened last week. But we heard some pretty strong words after the fact from uh, Chairman Archambault, from some of the other tribal leaders, uh, from the North Dakota ACLU. Uh, you know, they're making a lot of claims that North Dakota law enforcement, uh, you know, attacked peaceful people that these people were put in, in in kennels. What's your response to some of that? I mean, there's a lot of criticism of, of the law enforcement response last week to that situation. Uh, you know, what's what's your response to that? Oh boy, this could be this could be a long topic here, but you know what? That couldn't be any further from the truth. That is an absolute bold lie. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of things. Uh, uh, that I should maybe get fired up on that I really don't. But this is one thing that um, I, I, we need to get this word out there. Law enforcement approached that north blockade um, at roughly 10.30 a.m., 11 a.m., and they didn't um, proceed past that north encampment for, for multiple hours. I mean, this was a very patient, patient group of law enforcement individuals. Now, there were peaceful people, uh, peaceful protesters there. Uh, there were prayerful people there. Many of them um, gave the impression uh, that they that they wanted to be arrested. You know, they they sat. There were some in a prayer circle that um, you know made it apparent that they wanted to be arrested. They were not going to fight, and, and they didn't. They were taken into custody. However, there was a group of militants that hijacked this situation and really. Uh, put law enforcement at risk and the other peaceful protesters there at risk. I can go um, on and on about the different events uh, that happened from um, a group of protesters, or I don't even want to use that word, a group of rioters on horses um, stampeding a group of buffalo, a large herd of buffalo, uh, towards law enforcement and the other protesters. And for crying out loud, that, that puts the, the peaceful protesters there in harm's way. Thankfully, there's a helicopter in the air that was able to swoop down and divert that group of buffalo, but um, that could have been absolutely terrible. Uh, there's multiple other other things that uh, went on during the day from, from a lady being arrested, uh, and during that course of being arrested, she pulled a handgun and shot uh, three rounds at law enforcement. Um, Molotov cocktails, uh, we have great video footage of Molotov cocktails being launched over uh, the protester line uh, towards law enforcement, just boom, exploding on the roadway. I mean, if that hits an officer, I mean, there that's that has deadly consequences. Um, many other um, items uh, were thrown at law enforcement, large logs, rocks, bottles, feces, thrown at law enforcement, and we take the necessary actions to make sure that others stay safe, that our officers stay safe, and we do not escalate things um, to go on the offensive. It's a a defensive um, reaction to things. Uh, We need to take the necessary precautions. And now talking about post-arrest where... Well, let me. I, I, want, I want to. I want to get into that in just a moment. Tell me, do you have? I mean, is that video available of of the the Molotov cocktails and some of that? You said they had great video. Is that public? Uh, no, not yet. Um, I just 
was viewing a video right now, or I shouldn't okay. say right now, about an hour or two ago uh, from a, one of our aircrafts, and it shows it on there. Okay. However, as soon as we can uh, do, the, do the necessary downloads and and get that uh, out there, we definitely will be doing that. I mean, that's a... Well, I, I hope uh, so, because that's, that's an important part of the story here for, for people to understand yep. both sides of it. Now, now let's... let's you, you were just launching into the, uh, in, into the post-arrest situation. That was another claim that, you know, the, you know, some of the groups saying that, you know, the protesters had numbers written on their, their arms, and I think that was compared to, to like, uh, concentration camps where prisoners had numbers put on their arms. Also, that they were put in dog kennels. Can you address those things? <clears throat> well, you got to understand, processing over 140 um, arrests uh, does not make it possible for law enforcement to refer to people uh, by their first name. I, I don't know how anyone could ever think of such a thing for uh, those that are processing them to to refer to them by their first name. Um, so I, I did see a photo on, on the Internet of a, a marker uh, that was written on somebody's arm or had the arresting officer's badge number, the time, and maybe the date on there. Um, if they claim that as such a human rights violation, come on now. I, I, you know, that that's, that's ludicrous. Now being caged in dog kennels, Another ludicrous statement. That is unbelievable for somebody to make that statement. That is that is completely false and uh, has zero merit. Um, now, when those um, protesters were brought into Morton County, there is a temporary holding facility that needed to be fabricated in the area, that needed to be uh, constructed um, at Morton County in case a large amount of arrests were made. Now, it is utilized by tall fences, the, the exact same kind of chain link fence or a fence that you would see on a playground um, that, that fences off a basketball court. To refer to that as a dog kennel is, is, is completely inaccurate. 701-293-9000, As, you know, obviously you're, you're somebody, you're on the front lines of this, and, and part of your job is, is communicating with the public about this situation. And, I mean, North Dakotans are paying attention to this. I mean, this is probably the, you know, without a doubt, the biggest story in in our state in in a year, maybe a couple of years. Uh, what, what I mean is, is there something the public's missing here? I mean, what what part of the story isn't being told in your eyes? Well, the one area that I caution, um, even the people that I work with, is law enforcement. We're, we're not a side. We we are not a side that. We need to get people on, and if you're not on our side, you're against us. That's not true. We're, we're, we're impartial. We're out there to do our job and do what the public expects of us. Now, to allow a group of individuals to illegally block a road and to illegally trespass on somebody's private land um, is, is completely out of line. Law enforcement is paid to rectify that situation, to remove that blockade, and to um, encourage those that are camping on that land to remove themselves. I, I've been asking myself uh, numerous times the past couple days, those that disagree with our tactics, tell me another tactic. Tell me how you think we can get somebody to quit breaking the law um, when they look you right in the face and tell you that, no, we are not leaving. We are committed to civil disobedience. That is a quote. Um, 
Now, that is something that is very disturbing. So we need to do our job, and we need to make sure that the road is open and people are not illegally uh, trespassing there. No matter what political or uh, view you may have on fossil fuels or the pipeline, um, you know what? It, we just need to uphold the law, plain and simple. Lieutenant Iverson, thank you so much for your time. Certainly appreciate it, and, and thanks for your service down there. I, I know it's a tough job, and we appreciate you doing it. You know what? I, I appreciate your time. We have we have a great relationship with our neighbors on Standing Rock. Unfortunately, there has been a group of militants that have come into this area and hijacked the situation and uh, really turned it into an anarchic um, uh, situation. Which, which, by the way, I think obscures... You know, it, it makes it difficult, I, I think, to have a rational debate over the, the issue at hand, which whatever side of that issue on, I mean, that, that should be the debate we all want to have and not not violence and, and, and some of this other stuff. Again, Lieutenant Iverson, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. More to come straight ahead on the Rob Report, 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report, WDAY, 701-293-9000 is your local number, 888-970-9329 is the toll-free number. You can email talk at WDAY.com, hey, you can tweet me too, at Rob Port. we got Marnie on the line. What's up, Marnie? Hi, Rob. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yeah. So I just wanted to um, confront your guest about a couple of the things he said because it's contradicted by the evidence. I wasn't there at the protest, but I've been following it. I'm a lawyer. And the Los Angeles Times, latimes.com, has published images from the arrest showing individuals in actual dog kennels, like molded plastic dog kennels, like you would put a hunting dog in in the back mm. of your truck. Um, and they also have um, several shots of people with numbers written on their arms in black marker. And as a former member of law enforcement, I would just say that if you're going to arrest a large group of people and you don't have the manpower and the police cars to do it, then there's no um, law that permits you to treat human beings like dogs and like refugees or, you know, um, persons being shipped off to concentration camps, which is exactly what they did. They should have shown up with enough police cars and police transport vans and, you know, plastic ties or whatever they needed to process people in a humane way in accordance with our um, Constitution. So I just wonder what you are. Are we are we are we sure are we sure that the picture in the because that's the first time and I I follow this very, very closely. And that yeah, is the first the, time yeah, LA, that, that I, LA, I mean, are, are, are we are we sure that the L.A. Times that, that, that that's an accurate photo? Because one one thing that has been a theme throughout this are just blatant, flat-out information spread on social media by by protest groups and, and the protesters themselves. I mean, just flat-out bogus information again and again. And I have, I have a but hard you, time but believing. But your guest has already admitted half of what those pictures show. He's already admitted that officers were chain link using using chain link using chain link fences no, no, to create holding pens for them to sit on people's bodies. So what? So what? So what? Are you kidding me? Have you not read the Constitution of the United States? 
where where in the Constitution does it say where where in the Constitution where in the Constitution does it say that 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 you can't write uh, a number during a booking process that's, when I go to a high school when I go to a high school football um, game they stamp hey, some Rob, ink on my Rob, they, they, hey Mar- lawyer, well Marty hold on well neither well I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not sure that you're a lawyer either Marty if if you're just well can we can we put Marty on hold. Wow. Marnie, listen, I, when I go to a high school football game, they put a stamp on my on my on my wrist or on my hand, on the back of my hand to prove that I paid and that I got in. Now, when they do that, I don't I don't flip out and, and go fall, fainting into the bushes because there's some uh, constitutional right that's been violated, that they're treating me like I'm in Auschwitz or something. Frankly, I think it is it is offensive to describe a bunch of rioters who are arrested and have a little bit, uh, you know, arrested en masse because they're committing crimes en masse and law enforcement writing on their arms the badge number of the arresting officer and, and maybe some other numbers so that they could track, uh, you know, their belongings and things like that. To, to treat that like that's some sort of a, of a, um, uh, you know, constitutional violation is ridiculous. By the way, these are temporary facilities that the that the law enforcement officers used. Uh, according to reports, they were all inspected and approved by the State Department of Corrections. If there are pictures out there where people are claiming that they were they we we put protesters into molded plastic dog kennels, I'm having a hard time believing that. I'm having a hard time believing that North Dakota law enforcement would do something like that. I just, I just flat out don't believe it, and I'm going to need more, uh, more proof than a bunch of wild accusations from social media, picked up maybe by by some media outfit, uh, most of which uh, seem you know pretty content on taking the the protester side in all this. Just flat out, flat out, don't believe it. Show me the proof. I mean, you show me the proof, I'll believe it. I'll be the first one in line to criticize law enforcement if they were doing something like that. But to flip out over writing some marker on somebody's arm, give me a break. They put them in dog kennels, give me a break. 701-293-9000, Lieutenant Governor Drew Wrigley coming up next. This is The Rob Report. Don't go away. Most of all. Welcome back, Rob Report, right here on WDAY. 701-293-9000 is your local number. 888-970-9329 is your toll-free number. You can email talk at WDAY.com or, hey, shoot me a tweet, at Rob Port. We have, uh, as our guest now, Lieutenant Governor Drew Wrigley. Drew, thanks for the time. Hey, Rob, good to be with you. Good to be with you. Um, I, I, let me ask you a question, and, and maybe maybe this is – I'm not a lawyer. I, I don't know. But somebody somebody brought this up on Facebook, um, and I'd actually been thinking about it over the weekend too. Terry writes mm-hmm. on Facebook, it's time to interview the attorney general to find out why he is not pursuing fraud charges against the protesters for soliciting funds under false pretenses. Now, I don't, I don't know about the false pretenses thing, but – I'm I'm looking at at all of this money that's that's flowing in. I'm looking at statements from the protesters, from many of the organizers, posts on many of their official social media accounts, and what I'm seeing here is is basically they are raising money 
to bail people out of jail who are purposely doing illegal things to get arrested. And, and they're even talking about, in some instances, they're talking about purposely doing this to run up costs for the state purposely doing this to run up costs for the pipeline company now i know i know the pipeline company that's that's you know they're their own thing they, they could they need to take care of themselves but as far as the state of north dakota is concerned is there something that the state of north dakota can do legally to to recoup some of our expenses because we've already you know we've blown through the six million dollar authorization they got we're hearing that they're going to need significantly more one estimate i heard was something like a million dollars a day we're spending on this i don't know if that's low or high but it's a lot of money um, and so, I mean, is, is there something the state legally can do with these these groups? Uh, I think your uh, your Facebook uh, friend there. Uh, do you call them friends on Facebook? By the way, I'm not on Facebook. I'm only on Twitter. I think so. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think your Facebook friend uh, raises a, a good question, and I, I don't know whether the attorney general is looking at that right now, but I, I would uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were because you've articulated that very well. What's being funded is an ongoing criminal enterprise. Now, that's going to get people uh, upset. I know that because every time I've talked about it being an unlawful protest, now going back a couple of months, people don't like to be uh, told that they're involved in an unlawful protest, especially uh, the people. There are some who are out there who do want to be there for peaceful purposes and want to be prayerful and want to try to uh, urge action. But that doesn't uh, eliminate the fact that it is it morphed long ago into an unlawful protest, and it is now a platform for unlawful activity to project off of it. And last week there was an important point uh, in this whole uh, in this whole uh, 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 protracted now protracted matter uh, where they were removed from private property, and uh, now they're back on the the core land, and the Army Corps has uh, to this point shown a reluctance to even ask them to leave. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand. If you want to join the program, eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Well, I, I hope we hear more about that going forward. Let me let me talk about the, the the core. I've heard rumblings that there might be some activity, some movement on that front this week or maybe next week. Have you heard anything about that? I mean, has there been any any new well, news from 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 the core or from the federal government about maybe addressing some of the camps on their property? Uh, what I've learned early on in all of this, and it's uh, been true throughout, is that uh, a lot of rumors start going around, and uh, what we've learned to pay attention to, Rob, uh, are the actions and, and frankly, the inactions uh, of the federal government uh, when it comes to this uh, this now uh, months-long protest and all the illegal activity that's gone on around it. Uh, the federal government, I'm talking about the Obama administration, because our federal delegation, by the way, has done a, a terrific job, and we've worked well with them in their efforts to try to secure uh, some federal assistance. That's, a, that's a, maybe a different part of our segment here. So I want to make clear that I'm talking about the administration. They've done everything. Uh, if their intention was to protract this and to give uh, cover and comfort to people who are uh, supporting the unlawful and most raucous components of what's going on down there, then they've accomplished their objective because it's been protracted now across many months. And uh, the people who are uh, the worst agitators and instigators in all of this are, are uh, secured comfort comfortably in the midst of the protest. So they're being given comfort uh, by the federal government's inaction for getting them off of core land where they are still illegally uh, positioned. And uh, they've done nothing. They've sent in no uh, federal law enforcement to speak of, no uh, deputy U.S. marshals to come in here and to help with the important law enforcement function. So the state of North Dakota has taken it upon ourselves uh, through agreements with surrounding states to bring in uh, sheriff's deputies and uh, law enforcement peace officers from around the region who have done a masterful job working hand in glove with 
with North Dakota law enforcement. And that's why you saw the uh, ability to last week uh, remove the protest uh, from the private property. And uh, we've done, uh, I think they've done a masterful job in recent weeks uh, ensuring that that, uh, commerce can continue, lawful work on uh, a pipeline that provides societal good can continue, peace and order continue, and uh, for the landowners and private property owners out there, uh, some peace and quality of life uh, returning. 701-293-9000, talking with Lieutenant Governor Drew Wrigley. You can also email talk at WDAY.com if you have any comments or questions. Uh, what, uh, in, in terms of, I mean, you, you obviously have a, have a background in, in law enforcement serving as a former uh, U.S. attorney for, for the state of uh, North Dakota. In, in terms of, of just, when I look at what happened last week, and, and a lot of people have been critical of North Dakota law enforcement, I just had Lieutenant uh, Tom Iverson from the North Dakota Highway Patrol on pushing back against a lot of that. Um, but people critical, you know, you know, saying writing things on arms and they're comparing that to concentration camps and dog kennels and all these things. I, I don't know. I, I, I look at this and I look at what happened last week with, you know, throwing Molotov cocktails at protesters, setting fires and throwing rocks. And to come out of that, uh, you know, one, one protester apparently even pulling a gun and firing at police to come out of that with apparently just minor injuries, uh, on, on both sides. Uh, and coming out of that with, with, with nobody dead, frankly, sounds to me like, like a victory. I mean, that, that sounds to me like law enforcement excellence. Um, am I, am I wrong? I mean, I, 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 I really think they did a great job. I, it's unfortunate. I wish they hadn't had to done the job. I'm not happy they had to do it, but they did it, and I, I feel like they did it well. Well, they've been uh, very professional throughout, and they have uh, shown tremendous patience. Uh, in dealing with protesters who have treated them uh, violently in some moments, uh, disrespectfully throughout, and uh, a lot of the other things that you mentioned, is it, it's gone along. It's also a highly tension-filled situation where, for uh, much of this, they were dramatically out outmanned. And uh, I mean, you had assaults on officers uh, by horse, uh, men on horseback, and people. They might chuckle about that. They should go YouTube it. It doesn't sound very serious until you see a horse running up against uh, the law enforcement lines. Uh, that's a serious thing. It's not really any different than you know bringing a vehicle toward them uh, or some other instrumentality that can easily cause them harm. There have been a number of incidents. They've done a tremendous job. Not only that, though, Rob, but also tactically, uh, strategically, and then tactically planning for last week uh, when the time came. Uh, after several warnings, I should say, the uh, the protest, various entities of the protest were notified, uh, placed well in advance. They knew the force that was being amassed here in town. They've got scouts out checking out everything with law enforcement. They're watching the law enforcement centers. They're watching our coming and going. We, we know that. They had well in advance. They knew what was going on. And at the last minute, they wanted to have negotiations. When we when he notified them again, I was present in the room when the governor told them again, talking to uh, one tribal chairman. Of course, tribal chairman Archambault doesn't control this, uh, this whole uh, protest. Everyone recognizes that. He won't acknowledge it now publicly, but the day will come where he'll want to. Uh, the fact of the matter is they were notified that they needed to remove themselves and their protest from the private land. And uh, they didn't take that. They had 24 hours, and they, they didn't move. The morning of, they didn't move again. And so there comes a time where law enforcement moved in and started pressing back, saying, you need to move yourself from, the, the, from this private land. And they were, in fact, uh, they were evicted uh, from the, that, that private property. Even in that, though, Rob, 
uh, we were watching it. The governor and I were in the emergency operations center that night, and we were watching it in live, live video stream. And you could see uh, how things were going and that law enforcement was showing tremendous restraint, ensuring that the safety of themselves, of course, but also the safety of, of the, the participants in the protest who were not cooperating with them. In some instances, were um, doing things that were assaultive. They were throwing rocks. They were throwing bottles. Uh, one woman pulled out a firearm, discharged three rounds right at the police line. Thank God nobody was injured or worse. Um, and that's just a, that's a thumbnail sketch of what was going on out there that night. And so afterward, you know, you hear the false narrative from the protesters and from some people who are out there trying to perpetrate a fraud, I guess, talking about all sorts of uh, horrible things that had happened. Interestingly, they haven't produced one person to step forward and show an injury or some form of uh, police uh, 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 malfeasance of some kind, or to show a video. I mean, they've been taking video of everything since this began because it didn't happen. Law enforcement was professional. They were respectful. And uh, it's one of those situations where they were uh, respectful to a point that most of us just could not be. The patience displayed was, uh, you know, really kind of inspiring when you look at people uh, carrying out their responsibilities and doing it in an environment that's dangerous to them, but doing it uh, in a fair, even-handed way. Uh, I was very proud, as I have been across 14 years in law enforcement, very proud to watch them and uh, you know, carrying out their responsibilities to protect the public, to preserve the peace, to extract people from unlawful trespass, to get them into a position where they can no longer easily take over a state highway, which they've done over and over throughout these protests. These are dangerous acts by the protesters, and they have brought us to this point. They have brought us to the point last week. They had the opportunity to move, and they didn't. And so law enforcement had to carry out their function as well. We have a caller on the line, Karen. Uh, Karen, what's up? Yeah, I was wondering what the lieutenant governor is going to do for a new job in February. <laughs> Thank, well, thanks, Karen. <laughs> Go ahead. Thanks. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take her question as um, as heartfelt concern and not a suggestion that I <laughs> that I move <laughs> that you on. Hang it up. <laughs> but uh, whether whatever my uh, my wishes in that regard, uh, the term comes to a completion. Actually, he actually it's in December, Karen. So thanks for the question. It's December 14th. Will be uh, the governor and my last day uh, in office. The other statewide office holders, because some are leaving office at, at about the same time, but they leave at the end of the year. Uh, the governor and lieutenant governor's terms uh, leave or finish on the. Uh, 14th of December. And I've actually, um, I haven't uh, spoken publicly about what I'm going to uh, be doing next. And I'm not going to do, <laughs> do that today either. But I, um, I thought we could I'm make excited, some news I'm excited maybe about the, the opportunities up ahead. And, uh, and you know, Kathleen and I are, uh, are here in Bismarck with our kiddos. And we're all, uh, you know, personally and professionally, we're excited about what comes next. And Kathleen started a new job this year also. She's a guidance counselor at our kids' school. And, and uh, so it's a time of change uh, that always brings some anxiety. But but uh, we're excited for what comes up ahead, and I've uh, kind of recently uh, arrived at what I'll be doing next. But, um, you know, we're, we're plenty engaged on, on what we're doing here at work for the next 45 days, and we'll remain so. And at some point in the not-too-distant future, I'll talk publicly about what's next. Uh, real quick, any I, I mean, are, are you obviously, uh, you know, one of the uh, – one of either Marvin Nelson or Doug Burgum are, are going to be – or Marty yeah. Risky are, are going to be governor. Are coordinating at all? I mean, because this, this Dakota Access thing is going to drop in their laps. Are they involved in this at all? 
Uh, well, you know, they, I'm sure like everyone else, they're, they're uh, trying to get up to speed on what's going on along. I, I do think that uh, tremendous progress has been made uh, toward uh, resolution on this matter, and last week was a very, very important step. Uh, it's not unimportant to note that this pipeline uh, continues to be constructed uh, by the people who have the uh, responsibility, the contractual responsibility. It's lawful. It recently has cleared several court hurdles that, that the uh, uh, opponents tried to put in their way, and the courts uh, at the federal court level said, no way, we're not going to stop this process. It's going forward. It was cited appropriately. They followed all the, the law to the letter, and we're not going to stop the production. So that continues on forward. At some point, uh, the pipeline will be completed to the point where it's going to have to be bored underneath the lake. Yeah. That you know, you know how far away the, uh, I've, I've the federal government, the Obama administration, refuses to let that permit issue out, and that'll be the last piece, the last mile and a half to complete this almost 1,200 mile uh, long pipeline that will be moving a half a million barrels of Bakken oil efficiently and the safest way possible out of the Bakken every single day. North Dakota is safer with this pipeline. It's uh, our economy is in better shape with this pipeline, not just because of the jobs it creates, but because of the because of the value it adds to this important mineral that is being uh, transported out of the state for public good. All right. Well, we got to go, Drew. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Okay, that's uh, Lieutenant Governor Drew Wrigley. More straight ahead. Don't go away.